Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. Okay, welcome to episode 74 of the Be Guided and Be Great podcast. This episode is called Clair Cognizance, the Clair that can only be channeled. So again, all of our clairs do certain things, right? Like clairvoyance is our, our clear vision. We have visions, we have images. Um, the images can be in the past, the present, the future. Our clear audience is that we can hear the other side. We can hear the spiritual dimensions. Uh, we hear our guides. We can hear our loved ones. That's how mediums really work with our clear audience. That's how we are able to give good messages. Some mediums are very clairvoyant, and so they sort of have to bring in information more on a symbolic level, you know, like blue balloon or red car, and sort of through the images, um, you can kind of piece together what the other side is trying to tell you. But the clairaudience is in real time um, messages that you can almost deliver verbatim. And with time, all mediums have to get the ear for the nuances in the clairaudience. For example, some spirits are really like sarcastic. And so if you don't hear that tone, the message is off. <laughs> and then of course, clear sentience, clear sentience, that clear feeling you can feel. It doesn't matter time, space, uh, time and space does not matter. Clear sentiently, you can be looking at old photos from the early, you know, I, if this is right to say, you know, 1800s or late 1800s or whenever photography was developed. And when you look at an image, you can feel the feelings of that person. Uh, you can have feelings that have to do with our future, which is a little bit scarier because unlike the past where we can sort of have some, some parameters to quantify what actually happened in the past, the future is still yet to be determined in many ways because of that free will. So again, just the point is, is that that clairsentience can kind of go anywhere in time, any continent from here, I can channel uh, the dead of my clients as a medium. And it doesn't matter how long ago they passed away. I can both feel who they were as a person. I can feel what they feel about the subject we're talking about. I can also fear, feel clairsentiently if they've changed or grown. If like, I remember one client I was, she was very new. She didn't ever go to a mediums and I was very prepared for all of the sort of surprises that she would have with having a medium tell her stuff about her that she would of course think, why, how would you know that? And I said that your father your father actually loves animals, though I can feel that he was an avid hunter and her mouth just dropped. And she said, yeah, he didn't even consider it. He just hunted and killed, you know, kind of as a passion. And then something changed at a, a point in his later life where he stopped hunting and he just really came to the animal kingdom and really in her words, just fell in love with animals and like never did that again. So I, that clairsentience in us can feel the changes that people go through. So there's a, just a, a beautiful, it can, it can go anywhere with us. So it's very diverse. Now, claircognizance, which is that channeled Claire can only be used in real time. You, you actually have to use it you have to take action. We're going to talk about that in the podcast. Uh, I, I want to say like the etymology around 
claircognizance is presumably presumably from the late 18th, 17th century, and it is presumed to be a French word claire, uh, meaning clear knowing. And so the noun of claircognizance is the ability for a person to acquire psychic knowledge without knowing how or why they knew it. So before we jump into the four main ways that people, that you as a sensitive can channel with your claircognizance, again, claircognizance is a channeled clair. We're going to talk about the sources. I'm going to give you some troubleshooting things to think about or to do if you feel blocked, like you can't channel, something got in the way, you, you know, it dropped out. Uh, we're going to talk about all of those things, but let's just talk really quickly about the emotional reality of claircognizance. And so if you were born highly claircognizance as a child, things often just came out of your mouth. And we've talked about this in other podcasts. I've done other podcasts on claircognizance, but I really want to hit home today of just, this is a clair that you really don't get to experience unless you use it in real time. So the, the information can be timeless. It can go in the past, present, future, whatever, and go wherever, but you can only access it in the moment. So again, maybe we're a little psychic kids and just, you, you can channel people's feelings in terms of like their mental belief system. Like sometimes you would call people a name that they think of themselves that you as a four-year-old would never actually say to that person. Um, you would just kind of channel people again, you're like claircognizant intuitives, sensitives are mirrors and many get in trouble as little kids because we don't quite have the filter on. And so things would come out of your mouth that were maybe mean and you would be just completely in shock with yourself. Like, why would I say that? Like, what the hell? I had lots of feelings, especially when I was around four, where maybe a cousin of mine had an insecurity and it, the insecurity would come right out of my mouth. I'd get in trouble a lot from my grandma for saying mean things. But after it came out of my mouth, I would feel so shameful and so stupid and just really wonder for days why I said what I did. Now, as of, you know, in my 40s, I would say to that four-year-old, you know, oh, honey, you're channeling their reality. It's coming through you, not from you. And yes, because it does come out of your mouth, there is an accountability for that. <laughs> but I would give that little four-year-old lots of compassion, and I would try to explain to her the way claircognizant works, because stuff just comes out of our mouths like you wouldn't believe. Okay. And of course, as we grow up, sometimes we actually put more of a muzzle on our ourselves and what we say and we overanalyze what we say and how we'll say it because of these early childhood feelings of saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Um, lots of claircognizance are called know-it-alls, whether they're kids or adults. Um, that's another staple of being that claircognizant. Um, there, and again, maybe if you were claircognizant as a child, you did really learn to muzzle yourself because you weren't, you didn't trust what would come out of your mouth. And so as we become adults, as we learn into this Claire, we want to really work with the vulnerability, the emotional vulnerability to let it come through us with that sort of knowledge and a bit of a reverence where we're not just channeling like the dumbest thing we can say to somebody or like 
oh, you feel, you know, really fat. Like, and then that comes out of your mouth. You know, those are things of childhood. Whereas an adult, maybe this, there is a message that wants to come through you, but because maybe you did tell somebody they were fat when you were little tiny and you were like, what, where did that come from? I wasn't even thinking that. It can take time to reconnect to the vulnerability of, of in healing that clear cognizance because you're an adult now and you can have some understanding around it. Therefore, you get to kind of have a moment before it comes through you and out of your mouth. And so there, emotionally, there is a vulnerability there to as an adult, especially professionally, work with claircognizance so much pure information. Like when I'm working maybe with a student that I've worked with for a long time, I have come to care for that person. And so I now try to filter what comes through me and out of my mouth. And so sometimes I actually just have to say to them, I'm, I'm going to have to channel this. And if you have questions, we'll work backwards. Cause otherwise if it comes through my slower clairs, I'll just sit there and analyze and guard. And that's not what they're paying me for. They're paying me for pure, clear guidance that comes from, you know, the realm of guidance, not from my intellectual brain. <laughs> so I have to just link up to my guide or their guide or whoever, you know, typically I link to their guide and I just buckle up and then I just say what I'm getting. And you, you, there has to be a pure vulnerability there so that the mind doesn't I call it drop the frequency, you know, drop the message. I see this time and time again with my mentorship students where they're channeling and then the, they are like, that doesn't feel right. And then they'll drop the channel because their brain just interfered with the pure channel of it. So we do exercises and we work on getting that linked back up and just literally saying what the channel is and then teaching them that technique. We can ask questions after the channel is done, but so many uh, students have resistance to a, they can't find their way back to the channel because the mind is engaged. There's no more vulnerability. And then there's a lack of trust, um, that, that they can just purely channel. And again, why claircognizance is so amazing is because it goes so fast. It does not hit your brain. It, it is the fastest clair where it goes purely when it's working right from heaven to your mouth, to your client, and you're not thinking it, you're letting it flow. You're saying what needs to be said in the way that it needs to be said. Sometimes I don't like the way they say stuff. <laughs> so I'll drop the channel and kind of get all protective of my client, which is again, not what they're paying me for. They have to be told stuff in a certain way. And it doesn't matter if I think it's mean, or I think it's not the right way. I, I have nothing to do with the guidance that the heaven is trying to get my client to know, to do, to connect to. It's, it's such a beautiful life transforming way of getting guidance that the minute a human brain sort of takes over, you drop the channel and it's no, it's no more as quite as pure. It has to now come through another Claire and then through your words and through sometimes your opinion, which is not not the purest, right? Um, and then of course, as uh, taking claircognizance as an adult, there's just some maturity around it. And I, I only say that because when that, if you were born claircognizance and you're a little kid and you got in trouble for the stuff that you said, that you, you, we kind of still go into the world as a little child. We're scared to say what we, what's pushing through us. And it does literally feel like pressure when something's trying to channel through us claircognizantly. 
And sometimes you can still like blow the whistle and you, you walk up to somebody and give them a message. It's not the right place, not the right time, but because you can receive the message, you feel like you should. So there's just a little maturing around it where you do get to be part of the bigger equation. Again, I'm, I'm not talking about professionally. I'm talking about psychics feel so much responsibility. If we get a message from your loved one, you know, this is more medium. We feel like we have to give the message and that's sometimes not people's personalities just because they can doesn't mean like they know they're comfortable with that. Um, and so I'm just want to invite you, you know, casually that claircognizance there, if it's not been healed, there can still be some maturing around it for your own safety, for your own sense of control. Um, which is really the point of this talk today is so you have knowledge about this Claire. So you have the control around it so that it ultimately in the end, you can lose control enough to use it. <laughs> so we're going on paradoxes here. Okay. So let's talk about, I, it looks like I have the three ways that you can use this Claire in the moment. So the only way you're using claircognizance is if you just got the download and you actually acknowledge it. So a lot of claircognizance still think they're thinking this stuff up and you're not. It's coming through you like a download faster than any computer on earth. You're, it's coming through you and out of your mouth. It's coming through you and into your brain. It's, it's, that, it's that refinement in humans where you're walking down a street and you just know that man in front of you is safe. Or you just know the woman that agreed to pick up your kids from school is safe and reliable. But it's that Claire. We all have it. We all use it. And we all must tune into it uh, so that if the man walking down the street isn't safe, you get that message and you do something about it. If the woman that offered to take your kids home is, uh, you know, maybe on drugs sometimes, you want to use this Claire to kind of check in and maybe you will stop whatever you're doing and go get your kids yourself because you just Claire cognizantly knew that that wasn't something that would be okay. So that's the real time ways that we use Claire cognizance day, day to day. The second really popular way of using Claire cognizance is to automatic write. So sometimes there are, uh, you know, psychic mediums professionally that actually just channel their information. They are just downloading it. And this is different than Claire audience. Claire audience is slower. Claire cognizance is a download where you're, you're just keeping up with the, it's coming through you and you're just writing down the feelings and the words and the information, the big picture that you're getting. Some, uh, people that do journey work are writing down the channel, Claire cognizant channel of the spiritual information that they're giving to you and getting to you. Some people at the beginning of learning to use their intuition will just sit down and instead of trying to sit and, and listen clairaudiently, they will just sit down with a pen and paper and do claircognizant connections. So they'll just write whatever they get. And then when they're done, when it feels like they're done, they'll go ahead and read what they got. So uh, uh, they have to do it that way because the brain's not coming in every second to drop that channel. And the third and final way is when you, you just channel what you get, you know, whether you are going to a lunch with a friend and your friend's telling a story and it's not hitting your clairvoyance, you're not seeing images, it's not hitting your clairsentient where you're having feelings about it. It's just, you just channel the right next thing to say. 
And then maybe they ask another question and now you kind of panic because you don't even know where you got the information for the last thing you said. <laughs> so there's a beauty to claircognizance where it's pure and it's fast and it's, it's effortless in so many ways. The problem with it is if we don't know how to reconnect to the channel, like we, oh, I just channeled that for you. You're welcome. And then they have ask a follow-up question and then you have no idea, you know. So that just takes a little bit of skill, a little bit of training to, to know how to do it consciously and in, you know, have control about when you do it and do it on cue when you, when you're ready. So those are the most popular ways. You know, if you go to a psychic and they're claircognizant, they're just channeling what they get. If you are, um, there are lots of psychics that will, uh, channel a message for you often. And again, I see it more sort of in like journey work where somebody will do, kind of a spirit animals and like I have called upon I've interviewed her and I forget what podcast uh, episode it was uh, Chris Gray I've 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 I very much reach out to her especially if I'm going to have a surgery or if there's a big profound change in my life I don't necessarily want a channel for myself I want something that feels more a little bit more outside of myself so uh, the work that she will give me back is a guided journey. It's a claircognizant, downloaded, channeled journey of what, you know, either the protection I have while I'm in surgery or kind of what's going on in the bigger picture. Sometimes it's just lovely to have somebody, not yourself, do that for you. Okay, let's talk about, I just want to talk about a few troubleshooting options because there are reasons things get in the way. Um, again, your, you can channel, you can use your claircognizance for different timelines for different things, but you can only experience it in the moment. Again, you just knew that person was safe. Um, you're going to go sit down and do some automatic writing. You're just going to channel it. You're not going to think about it. You're going to channel it. And then the third way is through sitting with a client or sitting with your friend or sitting with your child or your partner, or your spouse. And you just say what you get without thinking about it. Okay. So troubleshooting things for claircognizance. So one really great thing is to know the source of what you're channeling. So I had so much resistance to my claircognizance because it's coming out of my mouth and yet I didn't know where I was getting the information from. Now I have it organized where I am either channeling your guide claircognizantly or I am channeling my guide like for myself who am I who am I channeling um, if I'm talking to somebody about themselves obviously I want to channel their guide because the their guide knows more about them than my guide would know about them of course so you do want to know what source you're channeling um, sometimes you know rarely but some people have so much dark stuff around them that you damn well want to know that you're not channeling some sort of dark message shit. <laughs> so I think sometimes some psychics can get, uh, you know, off into the gutter because they are channeling uh, negativity, which is actually maybe not truthful and definitely can cause harm. So we want to make sure that we are tuning into a source of accurate, helpful frequency. Um, and the second is to, when you're channeling, you're just, you, you are surrendering your mind. You really want to make sure that the mind does not come along. So there's a shifting in gears to 
let the mind go and let your body relax and just surrender to the channel, surrender to the claircognizance. Like I'll just say what I get. And it's a practice of letting go. It's a practice of surrendering, uh, because you can, the minute you start thinking about what you're saying, the brain kicks in and you drop that claircognizance. And the great news is the third part is that you could just use another Claire. So when I'm working with a mentorship student, I'll have her channel. She'll be just doing great. She'll be remote viewing. She'll give me, you know, information I can validate for her. And the minute she's like, oh, that doesn't sound right. You know, like, um, I, I didn't know you ever went to Seattle or it's like, I did. And then <laughs> they dropped the channel though. <laughs> And then they keep trying to go back. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, let me get back to it. And then they can't find their way back because their mind was engaged. And that's okay. You can just use another Claire. She can remote view with her clairvoyance. She can just go ahead and offer a message that she hears clairaudiently. She can just jump back into, oh my God, I'm having all these feelings. And now I feel like I'm in New York City. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I lived in New York City too. So there, there, you can really hear that. Claircognizance is a very real time, a very surrendered state. There's emotional things to deal with around it because once you understand what you're channeling, the source of it, you learn to surrender to it. You can let it flow and that can, that takes practice. Again, you might have some childhood trauma to, to process, to have compassion for, to, release and remove, um, as you build the skill of claircognizance, it is again, such a damn good Claire, because it's really our survival instinct. It's just nothing is talking to you. Nothing is giving you images. Like you are being guided in the moment. If there's danger ahead, you're just, you just know, you need to take a left. You you're it is such a fundamental Claire for human survival at a minimum. And then it can offer this really enhanced, just sound knowledge of what you need to do. You know, some people go through hell. They don't know what to do. No, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden there's this knowing there's this peace that comes over you where you're like, I know what I need to do. And people will be like, well, how did you know that? And you can't answer that. I don't, I don't know. I just know. I just know that it's time to move back home. Or I just know that it's time to quit my job and be with my kids. Like whatever. That's where that comes from is that claircognizance knowledge. Every single person has it. Some of us just had it really hardcore when we were little and we got in trouble for it. <laughs> so there's some healing around the clair this Claire. There's some intentionality around it so that, yeah, it's not your job to channel for everybody. Again, just because you can doesn't mean you should or doesn't mean you have to. You're an, an, an individual and Yes, heaven does actually put claircognizance in situations to just act and think of all the ways we are helpful when we just act. We just go with the flow. We just go with that knowledge that we just needed to do something here. How many lives have been saved because somebody just got up and went and took care of it? I mean, many times with me, I, I know how I am sort of socially, and sometimes I just don't act like myself, and I always wonder you know, I always wondered where that came from. Cause I'm like, I, I'm not like that. Uh, I'll give you one example. And this is, I, I, it's, it's certainly going to be more profound to me than to you, but like in real time, um, 
there was, let's see, this goes way back. This is like, it doesn't matter. It's like seven, no, it's like 10 years ago, let's just say. My kids were really little and we were moving. So there was a lot of chaos going on. So that means my claircognizance was really, really working for me because I was in lots of change, lots of turmoil. And my sort of intention with my kids is no matter what's going on, we're going to have a good time. You know, we're just going to make the best of it. So we just moved into a new place. I took them to a new Starbucks. We walked in, it was overwhelmingly packed. There was nowhere, like I wanted my kids to actually, you know, sit down and have a little breakfast. And it was again, brand new to us. And so I find a table for the kids to sit at. And then I just go and I grab a chair and you know, put the kids down, they're eating and everything's fine. I can feel this woman from across the room, just like cursing us and just being so nasty. So unlike myself, I actually just jumped up, went to her. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. Were you using that? And she like whispers this nasty shit. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't hear you. Like what? And she does it again. Like it, I, I knew she was trying to control us. I knew that there was like this possessiveness that the chair wasn't even by her. So and I just was like, okay, you know, and I just went back to the chair, but you know, back to the table with my kids. And I just knew like I needed to be on guard fully. And so sure enough, she went and found paper, wrote us a nasty note. And again, like unlike myself, I, she slammed that note on our table and I just picked up that note and I threw it right in the garbage, right in front of her face. And there was just something, I don't know if it was my motherly instinct, but there was, there was probably some mental illness going on with her and you know god bless her but like it she's still not going to access <laughs> me or hurt anybody because of a stupid like stool right and so that's that's that instinctual stuff you know a lot of people call that mother's intuition i'm certainly really claircognizant when my children are around i'm like a you know i grew up in grizzly country up in montana like i feel like a grizzly bear when i'm around my children i just i'm all i know i'm clairsentient excuse me i'm claircognizant in a really like and again this this is such a natural clair it is our like survival clair and so we just want to have some knowledge and some parameters around it and let's just say my guides couldn't have necessarily like the point i'm making of this podcast is you have to use claircognizance in the moment had my guide said like before we got in like hey buckle up there's some weird shit that's going to happen i would have been like oh okay and then I, I would have been overanalyzing every single thing that happened in that Starbucks that I maybe wouldn't have been able to just do what I needed to do in the moment, you know, kind of, because if I hadn't confronted her, I really don't know how that could, have, maybe it w would have escalated, maybe not, I don't know. But I, I was the whole time kind of like, wow, this is not really in my personality to like be so like, can I help you? You know, did you, were you using that? Like, I probably would have just let that slide if I wasn't being guided to kind of deal with it, whatever. Maybe my kids needed to see in that moment, just not taking shit from people. You know, I don't, I don't know, but I do know I was questioning myself the whole way. And I was amazed at the, the, the energy, um, that I was responding to and how I just knew these things were going to happen. And they did. And I just dealt with it in real time. I know you've had situations like that too, where you're acting kind of not like yourself and there's this amazing amount of clarity and energy that you're dealing with within yourself. It's, it's amazing. And so, yeah, on a survival level, that's why. And then 
this Claire can also really bring in transformative, clear guidance for us when we're feeling lost. And, and, and again, that's when claircognizance really kicks in when we're saying those prayers. I don't know what to do. God, should I do this? I, you know, maybe I, I'm, I'm indifferent. I don't know. I don't really have a feeling either way. And then there's just this knowing this is what you're going to do. Claircognizance. So next week I'm working on an interview with a very special guest. His name's Jonathan Herto. And he, I got to work with him as a breathwork practitioner, as a um, nervous system profession, uh, professional. There's just so much to his work. I cannot wait to share him with you. Uh, there will be the podcast and possibly also a video that you guys can also watch to get to know him and his work. And I'm really excited because his work as for me as a psychic medium, uh, you know, that work, I think I told you in an earlier podcast, oh, the, the ways that us sensitives and our nervous systems um, need some loving. <laughs> we need some tools to be able to relax and to calm and to heal and to ground into center because of these clairs that kind of do want to take us everywhere. Sometimes at any point when we're really untrained, we're sort of at the mercy of these clairs. And so he's going to give you a couple of tips. He's going to share his work with us. And I'm just really excited to introduce you to him and his beautiful, beautiful work. Um, so until then, take care. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take the quiz, which Claire are you? Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.